This it down. Real lives, real conversations. Okay, so this um, section here, what we love to do is to take your questions. We don't always get to um, sit with great people. So if you've got questions, this is a cool, informal environment. Don't feel shy. Like, ask them. You get me? You never know. Yeah, so he's very open to answer whatever you ask. So let's get cracking. Ladies and gentlemen, can we make some noise for Mr. Moe Gilligan? Oh, can you bring me up? <laughs> She's looking at me. I'm like, uh, you. Um, so, and we got the mic ready? Out here? Oh, no, for the audience. Okay, cool. Mr. Noto Morgan again. Okay, so, any questions? This is your time. Okay. Yes, bro. Yes, brother. What's going on, man? Good, man. What's your name, bro? Ali. Nice to meet you, Ali. Nice to meet you. Um, so... You know, London's the birthplace of grime music, yeah. and that was a whole culture within itself. Mm -hmm. How did that impact you, and how does it does it influence your comedy? If so, how? Yeah, I guess <clears throat> with comedy, like a lot of my friends uh, do music. Predominantly, when I was growing up, a lot of them done grime. So I was never good at like MC in the youth club times. I'd be the guy just like excited in the back, like. <laughs> Like, that was my role growing up, innit? So, a lot of my material has always had an influence of music in some sort. So, for example, like, the early sketches was, like, in like, uh, like you know, taking a piss out of MCs. So, so guys who would normally be very hard um, and just making it something quite funny that they can laugh at and not mocking them, essentially. So, I think in terms of music, I've always, like... Just even when I've gone out and how people react to certain music and, you know, the funny and that. And sometimes, like, with me, it's more observational. So finding the funny in the music, but how we react to it and how our thoughts are and stuff like that. So, yeah, definitely, man. Like, Grime was a huge... Grime Garage was mostly a huge influence because, like, I always felt like I wanted to do music like and be, like, an MC. But it was, like, after I do two bars... I was like, yeah, I don't know where I'll go from here, you know? <laughs> like, what rhymes with orange, boy? This, this is hard, boy. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that, it's always been a huge influence and stuff. So, like, if you think of, like, 50% of my sketches, like, there's always some kind of music element in there somewhere, you know what I mean? So, whether it's, like, them MC and then forgetting bars or if it's, like, the geezer and, you know, reggae and stuff. It just adds, like, a little bit more. So, yeah, that's... I get a lot of influence from music, bruv. Yeah, a lot, man. Right, next one. We've got one... Oh, okay. Oh, nice okay. Hi, bro. Thanks for sharing your story, man. Um, my name's Mike. Nice to meet you, Mike. Likewise. Um, you talked about dopamine levels yeah. and your kind of the surge coming off stage and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I, was mem I remember I saw a post from uh, Justin Bieber once and he talked about being an artist and being a performer and how it's like the highest level of dopamine that you can get. Yeah. How do you manage that now, um, especially in preparation for your talk coming? Yeah, I guess now it's like, even now, I don't get me wrong, I still get so, like, as soon as I come on stage, I am so hyped. Like, I can't even explain how, like, 
it's hard because you know, I was just talking, we were just talking just a minute ago. It's like, sometimes I will tell material, yeah, I don't know if it works and it bangs. Bruv, do you know what that does? I'm like, bruv, I made this up now and you lot are laughing, mad. <laughs> like, that's how I react to it. So already I've just, and I laugh a lot at my own jokes as well. So then I'm in, I'm laughing with everyone else and I'm like, this is great. Man's getting paid for this too. Oh my days. <laughs> so I guess nowadays, like, as soon as I'm kind of off stage, I try to just, like, your adrenaline is always high. Always high. As soon as you come on stage. So now it's like, you know, going home. Like, go home, just chill out, relax. Might just watch, like, a documentary. Just something just to bring you down slowly, essentially. You know, I don't, I'm not a big drinker when I perform a lot, a lot of the time. Um, I don't smoke. So for me, it's just like, I need to just like slowly ease myself because what then happens the following day, once you've had that big show and stuff, bruv, I wake up so, so, so tired. There's like no energy. So I don't want to be reliant on like, oh, okay, cool. Let me take a Red Bull. Let me take a coffee, get myself back up again. So it's just like bringing yourself down slowly and just like, you know, just looking after your body though a little bit. Sometimes what you eat helps you a lot as well when you're on stage. You know, when I'm on stage, I sweat a lot on stage, for example. So I started looking at my diet and, you know, going to the gym and I'm not even going to the gym, but like core strength, things like that and stuff, um, just to help your body a little bit. And that's just how you recover a little bit as well. So yeah, man, definitely, bro. I just try to, you know, relax, have a bath, two-two radox. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, I'm big on buffs. I swear to you, I'm like I'm a I'm a buff guy. Like like I'm you know day to day shower, but like when I need to relax, listen, I back out some candles. Yeah, there's this one app called Calm. Uh, it's free. You, oh, you got that app here? Yeah? yeah, I chuck on some Calm. I'll have some rain music on there. Some woman just telling me and close your eyes. <laughs> Oh, I'm telling you, man. <laughs> I wake, I turn off the lights in the in the bath. I put the, I put my candle on there. I just I just chill out, boy. And it probably it resets me. It resets me, man. Yeah. I think you always have to. If you know your your temperament and who you are as a person, your highs and lows. Being like you said, being able to know that okay, that calm down is coming. How am I managing it? Me, I'm a introvert. I'm an extrovert, introvert. Sorry, no. I'm an introvert, but I do extrovert things. I don't even like people. I don't even, I don't even like being around people. <laughs> it's too much for me. Me doing this, I only do it because of the people. This for me is difficult. So I only do it for the people. Doing music. But you're very good at this, though, you know? <laughs> you know. Thank you. You're very good at this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think on the other side of this, I know tomorrow, like at work, I'm going to have to go for a long walk like near my office because i need to be able to manage okay oh we've done the show yeah 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 but then my next thing is going to be like oh so so what's next that that high that dopamine has happened what's going to happen next having a sh having a tour geez that's beautiful because i'm thinking oh that was good uh get to rest tomorrow but i got the next one but having nothing so know your temperament and like almost prepare for it, you know. Yeah, let me not take up all the time. Oh, let's get quick. Beaches, I get one out in the front. Hi, my. Hello. Nice to meet you. I'm Lolly. Nice to meet you, um, Lolly. So I'm a film head, like I work in production. Yeah. Congrats on opening your new office. As oh, well. thank you very much. Oh, big ups, big ups, big ups. <laughs> big ups, big ups. So, um, 
looking through the credits, I saw that you'd opened your own production company. What led you to do that? So for me, having a production company was a few factors. One, I wanted ownership of my work a little bit. And it wasn't, I wasn't the person to say, I need to own every single thing that's happening. Because I'm a, I like working with people. Uh, my best ideas work uh, collaborative. But when I work with other people that have done it, then I can have my best ideas. But I just thought, like, bro, I'm going into TV. Uh, and a lot of it, you know, I had some help from my manager, Polly. Big up Polly in the back. Big and up Polly. My other manager, Gelly. Uh, big up them. Um, and, yeah, like, I had some help with it and stuff. And I think for me, it was it was definitely having ownership because you could imagine like, you know, having a thing like a TV show was great, you know, but then at the same time, I'm taking all my ideas there. Like they were all talking about, what about this is the geezer? What about Cavani? And I'm like, hold on a sec, these are my ideas, isn't it? <laughs> like, and that's, that's, that's okay, that's all right. But you always got to think ahead and think, okay, imagine this this bangs and goes global, like this does an office, like goes like the office, goes global. And then you think, like then it gets in, when you're in the boardroom and you don't own it, and these other production companies own it, and you're sitting there like, hold on, but I thought it was mine. Oh no, no, you signed that over, mate. That's all ours now. <laughs> so one, it was, have, it was having ownership. Um, two, it was in terms of, it was the long run as well. I always thought of it as the long run. I always thought, you know, I want to be in this for like years. Do you know what I mean? Like, and when I say years, some people are like, yeah, like five, ten years. It's like, no, I want to do this for like the rest of my life, innit? Whether it's me on camera or off camera. Um, so that was like another reason to be like, let's open up the production company and start creating our own stuff. And it's not going to happen like, you know, tomorrow and stuff. It will take time. But also, it's like every time I'm going in these meetings, I'm Getting, I'm always taking something from there. Do you know what I mean? So I go to you know this production company, and I'm, sometimes I, I, when I went to LA, I went to some big places that you go Universal and stuff, and you see how things are done. You're sitting there thinking, I, c I can do this. Like there's nothing stopping me from doing it. Do you know what I mean? So that was a huge factor as well. So I, a lot of it was ownership of my material as well, um, and then producing my own content, um, and then yeah, there's there's something that's it's not coming, it was something that's happening next year that's already, in terms of the production company, it's already been like the, the first win for the production company. Obviously with the latest show and the Netflix, but this was like a big win basically for the production company. So um, it already, like, I'm already like, cool, it's, the plan is working essentially. Um, but yeah, it's definitely, you know, when, and I was literally inspired by like people like Stormzy with like, you know, what he's got with like his murky team and stuff like that. And it was the same to be like, hold on a sec, like I can, I can do this. Do you know what I mean? I can have a production company and create stuff. And yeah, and that's, you know, with the latest show and stuff, like we had approval over everything. You know what I mean? It's like, we're going to do this for the set. I, every, you know, I'm getting emails, set's going to look like that. Do you like that? Yes, no. Because what then happens when you're the face and you're the, you're the presenter, they will do everything around you and you don't have a say in it. So the script, from the script to what you might wear, all these things were like big conversations. From what I was wearing, I'm like, no, nah, I'm trying to wear a hoodie and jeans. And then like Channel 4 like, yeah, if you could kind of put a suit on and stuff. I was like, I'll wear a suit, but I'm wearing trainers. Okay, deal. And that's, that's, how, that's like what happened. Like, so, but all these things, uh, you know, they're all factors with the production company. So, you know, then essentially I can, you know, we've employed some staff now as well. Um, but just hopefully to expand it as well, you know. And plus now, when I am in the room of, like, some of these big 
corporations, the, the conversation's a bit different now, you know, because now I have something to offer. Um, I have a production company as opposed to just being a face. You know, a lot of people have just been talent for hire a lot of the time back in the day. So with people having their own production companies now and creating the work and bringing it to the companies, it changes the conversation so much to the point where, like, <laughs> I, I went to L.A. recently. I had bare meetings in it. And it was so funny because a lot of the time people tell me, you know, you're going to go to L.A., you really got to pitch it and give him that and give him this. And the conversation was so different because they know all the work I've done. So they've seen the latest show. They've seen, like, the Netflix. And they're like, wow, so this is your under your company. That's wow, amazing, isn't it? So, yeah, we... um. We love to work with you, man, yeah. And I'm like, nah, I don't know about you guys, you know. <laughs> and I think is being in that position is very healthy for me, a lot of people around me as well. And just that healthy for decisions, because then it doesn't feel like you have to rush. Because when you're like talent for hire, you're just looking for any job to pay the bills. Whereas this is like a long-term project. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, production company is like one of the, that's one of, at the moment it's most probably I put a lot of energy and time into that. But also, I have a lot of good people around me. And then just, like, it, you know, if anyone here wants to start their own, like, record label and all that stuff, like, you, we have the internet now. You can search how to do this stuff. You know, it's not as complicated as you would think. You know what I mean? Um, and, yeah, I think with the office, it's allowed us to have a base. Because, essentially, we were just working from home. You know what I mean? But now we have a bit of a base. So I think, definitely, if you're looking to start these things... You know, you have to go in it 100%. Don't just say, yeah, man's got production company because, boy, my thing in it. It's just like, <laughs> like, you have to really, like, I'm talking, even if I understand investment is hard, it doesn't just, it's like, money doesn't grow off trees, in it? But at the same time, it's like, there's ways, there's like, for example, if you're looking for, you know, studio space or, you know, there's ways to get this stuff, you know, as a business, you know what I mean? So you just really have to, like, look into it and stuff. But it, it, it is hard, but, the long run, it's just about the long run, basically, you know. Oh, okay. You got one at the front here. I think this brother had a question as well. I see you put up your hand. You look mad disappointed when he didn't come <laughs> to you. <laughs> and it was a bit awkward because we kind of looked at each other. I was like... <laughs> 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 so I was like, oh, big man, you didn't put your hand up again. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't trying to do nothing. Um, my name's Tendo anyway. Nice um, to meet you, bruv. I wanted to ask, so you mentioned how, like, when you were younger, comedy yeah. wasn't something that you were trying to pursue. Yeah. Um, was there anything that you, f that you had to give up um, to get to where you are now? And, like, was that an easy decision to come to? Um, I, didn't, I wouldn't say I gave up a lot. I guess for me, it was like, I put so much into hoping this would come out well in terms of doing stand-up. Like, for example, you know, getting retail jobs, I made sure I only was working part-time, for example. So when you work part-time, you don't make as much money, and then you want nice things, like all your other friends. So with that, you then go into debt, for example, because you're, you're, you're kind of just chasing having some nice things, because you're like, I don't want to just work to pay rent, essentially. So I think, <clears throat> I wouldn't say I had to give up a lot, but you know, through the hard times was the struggle of just waking up, doing a job I didn't like just to pay rent and pay my phone bill and stuff and slightly kind of fund what was the dream a little bit. Um, there wasn't like things I had to majorly give up, but every part of me wanted to be like, I'd rather do 40 hours right now and just have things that all my other friends have got. You know what I mean? Like, But I guess for me, it was just like I sacrificed 
what I would what I wanted is the the dream, which was to do comedy in the career, to then say I, I'm gonna go 100% in this. So this retail thing is just there, isn't it? It's just there to pay the bills. And at times there were times I even said to myself, I don't need retail. I can do this full time freelance. And that's that was really hard. That was mostly the hardest struggle of just trying to do it with hoping that the invoices get sent. You know, do you know how hard it is when you plan a show? No, not plan a show. You get a show. They say, all right, cool, we're going to pay you £200, yeah. And you're like, cool, already I'm spending the money in my head, innit? <laughs> and then like, yeah, the show's been cancelled. And I'm like, you're big man. I've just bought something, innit? <laughs> like, <laughs> I need that money back. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't really say, luckily enough, I didn't have to give up a lot. But I definitely had to make sacrifice of what I wanted in terms of, all right, cool, if I'm going to do comedy, I need to 100% do comedy. Do you know what I mean? I need to make sure I can only do 8 to 16 hours as a job and just earn the minimum as opposed to be, like, earning the maximum and not funding my career. So, yeah, they're, you know, they're, they're most probably the harder times of my 20s. Um, don't get me wrong, I still enjoyed what I was doing stand-up, but, yeah, when you got the credit card people calling you up and you're like looking at the phone, like, you know what? Yeah, man's not gonna pay that. Still, it will go away. Um, so yeah, they were like the harder times essentially. So, but there wasn't like anything drastic. I, I really gave up essentially. But yeah, that's a really good question. Though, thank you very much. One at the back. Hello. Um, hello. Hello, my name is Shanice. Nice um, to meet you, Shanice. You all right? You too. I'm good, thank you. Big ups. Um, <laughs> you're doing me dirty right now. This is embarrassing. <laughs> um, so my question is around being a perfectionist. Um, and I've had to write it down because I'll start waffling. Uh, so when it comes to your skits, for example, how have you been able to let yourself go, not overthink it and care less about your content being at 100% and being content with maybe 95%? That makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, so a lot of the times with the skits or the comedy or the TV show, I'm such a perfectionist that I want it to look and feel and sound how I want it to. And when it doesn't, I'm like, nah, no one's seeing that sketch. You're not hearing that joke. I'm not saying that line like that on TV. And it sometimes takes other people around you to give you a bit of confidence to give you that extra 5%. Because I'm on 95, and sometimes... Like, as a perfectionist, you're like, I know what I'm doing. I don't need anyone's help. And sometimes you need other people's help to say, do you know what? That's actually really funny, you know? Just chuck it out there. Maybe try and write that joke. So, and that helps massively. Because uh, it's easy to be, you know, to write the content or write the, the song and stuff like that. But sometimes you need to just, like, there's a lot of times that I have something, I'm like, oh, what do you think of that joke? You know, there's no harm in asking that. And it's hard when you're someone who who creates something as a creative and you hold on to it. You know, you put all this time in. So I'm like, I don't know if... Because what you what you hate is for someone to say, yeah, I'm not going to let that joke weren't funny still. <laughs> so for I'm on 95. I'm back down to 70 now, innit? So I'm like, oh, I don't know. But I think for me, it's just kind of letting go a little bit, just a little bit to say, like, you know, if I have... Uh, some material, I'll, you know, ask my friends and stuff, which before when I was young, I didn't do that. I was like, no one's hearing a joke. I won't even tell, like, comics when we're about to, like, go on stage and stuff. I'm like, no one's hearing stuff. Whereas now, it's like, just trying to open up a little bit. Because for me, it was always like, the, the someone's going to steal it. Someone's going to steal this joke. Someone's going to copy this video. Whereas now, it's just like, well, 
like I don't know there's a, I just feel to just give it out a little bit more um but of course as a perfectionist you always want it to look and feel how you how you do but I think I've learned by the more I've kind of showed people or asked for help on ideas it's kind of let me like relax a little bit and just be like hey you know what chill out Mo you don't need to be a, a crackhead with this joke right now just just have a because that's what happens you you get so engrossed in it that you're like oh my god it's got to be like this but and then before I know it, I'm like well I'm thinking about this too much whereas if I show it to you now and you say do you know what that's, that's actually sick and I'm like oh really yeah and then that just gives you the confidence sometimes that you need but definitely man I think with your your art or any creatives in the room it's just it's kind of sometimes opening up your art to other people and getting their opinion on it sometimes that helps you know I've had jokes or I've had videos I thought this is so funny this is gonna bang I've showed it to some people that big man that's not the one you know <laughs> and sometimes I needed that I need that you know it brings me back down it makes me work a little bit a little bit harder so yeah I guess for me like to answer your question is just just trying to open your stuff up to other people as well you know answer opinions and stuff um and then finally, when you say, oh, do you know, okay, cool. Because I've had, there's some jokes I've worked on throughout, like, okay, for an example, you see that joke in the Netflix about the weddings and stuff. I remember having the idea, and I was like, mm, I don't know, it's funny, but I don't know that. You know, because this is what happened. When we had the Netflix thing, it, you're looking at what bits of material you might include. And I said to my manager, I said, I don't know about this one, man. My manager said, this, everyone's got this family kind of thing and if all right you know fine, fine that's cool but everyone this is what people relate to isn't it and i'm sitting there trying to think of this mad like silly joke and this that and rare tear tear and this and it's like nah man you've got something there in it just and that's sometimes what you need you know what i mean you just need that little kind of a little boost of inspiration yeah. so yeah and it's true, like i had with the sit down we i had the idea and i remember i spoke to my wife about it and it's different from having having an idea to execution is a very long journey. But you just need one person to help you get on the journey. And so I remember I, asked my, I told my wife about it, and she was like, yeah, that would work, you know. I was like, oh, 95. And I asked one of my friends as well, because I was procrastinating, and it was, I think it was the end of March. It was around end of March. So April was coming. We're going to start in April. And I said, what do you think? He said, you should do it. I said, yeah, but what, what, what about the time? I don't know about this. And I should do it, you know. That, those two, boom, bam, that was enough. 100, and then we went. The show, the first show wasn't, I didn't have everything I wanted in place, but what we created, and big up um, Ali. Uh, Ali was the first uh, show that we did it with, and he was so open. He's the one that actually set the template for the sit-down because he was so open and vulnerable, every guest that came after had to mirror that, you know. So sometimes you just have to, you know, do it, and all those little things will, you know, fall in place. But you've got to start it. If you don't start it, someone else will start it, and then you'll be like, oh, I want to I had that idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I never want to be that person in a pub just like, yeah, man had one idea to make an iPhone still, but... <laughs> Obviously, you know, they want to put the black man down and that. <laughs> I don't want to be that guy in a bar, you know. <laughs> you got another question? Yeah? Okay. Oh, gosh. Yes, Mo. My name's Corey. Nice to meet you, Corey. Yeah, cool. Um, so basically, I've started YouTube um, in January. 
But um, my friends, like my family and people that I don't know as well are saying, yeah, it's good, keep it up. And I'm loving it so far. But the only thing is, it's like, each time I meet someone, they're like, oh, when's the next video coming? I'm loving this one, I'm loving this one. But I don't want to dry up like, with consistency. So I would say, what would you say is the best advice? Like, do I film in bulk? Or it's like, how do I go with the flow kind of thing? I think always in terms of like, so when a lot of the videos, so when I started doing the videos, I would just have the idea, boom, shoot it, put it online. Um, and then, don't get me wrong, it's not like I have tons of videos now, but I have more ideas for stuff I want to do now. So it just, it's just me now just creating it to do it. I think especially with things that you're filming, if you're doing it with yourself, with other friends, it just helps yourself if you do it in bulk because then you ain't got the stress of like, you do one, imagine you do one, it goes well. Then the next one, you're like, oh, bro, we got four days to get the next one up. And this is what happened when I uh, started my podcast. I remember I filmed about, no, I say filmed, I recorded about three or four because I was like, right, oh, I want to do a podcast. I've always had an idea for a podcast. I, so I, I ended up doing a podcast. I filmed, I, I'm sorry, I, I recorded about three or four all together, back to back. And I was, you know, putting them out, putting another one out, putting another one out. And then I was like, rah, I need someone to do the podcast like tomorrow. Because it has, to, you know, I've, I've set myself a time, a deadline, and then I'm stressing. I don't know what I'm doing. And then what then happens with stress is that you start overthinking. So then, and then once you overthink, you'll say, do you know what? I'll put it up next week. Next week will turn into two weeks, two weeks turn into a month. Then before you know it, you might just be like, people say, oh, what's going on with your video, bruv? Yeah, man's going to do that soon still. And then you might meet someone and say, bruv, I loved your video. Then you get that drive again. So, for yourself, it's just like having things in bulk relieves the stress. And when you relieve the stress, your creativity flows. Like if I'm stressed, I have no creativity. So for example, when I done the latest show, my creativity is all going into the latest show. I didn't do no videos around that time because I'm either stressed of, cool, we got to sort this out or do this or rare tear tear or we're doing the latest show, innit? I had no time to be in my house putting a wig on and doing Cavani's mum. There was <laughs> that, there was no time for that. But um, definitely in terms of something like YouTube where you got to film it and edit it and the process of, because I know how hard it is when you got to film and edit and small things of like the sound dips. You're like, oh, bruv, this is long. I got to try and get some application to get this sound and rare tear tear and stuff. So when it's things that are like video based and you got to upload it, it's just to have them ready in bulk because I know, especially with YouTube and uploading how long it takes, then your internet's playing up and then you're like, what's wrong with this fucking internet? And now you start stressing and then your creativity is going all over the place and you want to put your focus in places that are going to make it better for you. So if you have them in bulk already, you've uploaded it, you're like, right, how can I make this better? Do you know what? Let me put a good thumbnail in. Let me put a good title in. Let me uh, message Link Up TV to see if they can push it or, you know, all these other avenues. When you're stressed, you're like, it's up, finally, relieved. And then you're on to the next one, but you're always chasing. Do you see what I'm saying? So definitely, man, with things like YouTube and stuff like that, is always to kind of, you know, make sure you have it in, in bulk, essentially. So you just, you're ready to go and you can put it up in your own time. But as I said, like, stress and creativity don't work. Stress will always trump creativity. Do you see what I'm saying? So definitely man set yourself up and just like record as many as you can you know i think that will just help you a lot so yeah man
<laughs> Let's do, we'll do, uh, all right, we'll do that one, then we'll do uh, Esther, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> hey, Mo. Hello. I'm Joyce. Nice to meet you, Joyce. Um, I wanted to ask, so basically, when you were talking about um, when you didn't really know much about what to do when you had the money and you just went shopping and stuff, that mm. was like something you went through, but how about with like your friendships and people around your family, did things mm. change as well? Yeah, luckily enough, I've got a really good set of friends and family around me, so... No one, no one changed in a sense of like people started being like, "Hey, big man, you can borrow me like two bags." Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like, no one, no one changed in that sense. Um, and I guess for me, it's like when my success happened, it was a way to share it with my friends in different ways. So if I got invited to like uh, a premiere for like a cool film, I take one of my friends because they would not normally get that opportunity and they would enjoy it a lot more than I would. So when I'd, I'd take one of my friends along, I'd see how much they was enjoying it. And I'm like, cause I, I'm just going to go. I've been invited essentially. Not to say you're bored, but you're just like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll go. It's like, it becomes the norm a little bit, which is a bit messed up. It's like, yeah, I'm just used to going to premieres, isn't it? <laughs> seeing a film like, <laughs> seeing a film two weeks before, innit? That's the life, innit? <laughs> But my friend is not used to this. You know, you got to do a red carpet, you got to do a bit of press. Like, I'm used to this routine and stuff. And that's like the weird deal you have. You know, you get invited to this cool film. Do you want to see um, Black Panther? I'm like, yeah, of course. So the deal is, you got to talk to all this press and take some pictures. Uh, you know, you, a part of you most probably thinks, well, that's a good deal. But then when you got to get uh, something to wear, and then before you know it, you're like, this is getting expensive for this film that I thought was free. Like, <laughs> and then you got to talk to press. And there's nothing wrong with talking to press, but sometimes you'll imagine I'm going to watch Black Panther and they might ask, you know, the first person says, so Mo, big nasty show, really enjoyed it. Okay, cool. The next person, so Mo, what's next for you? You got the tour. Yeah, fantastic. Then the next person, hi Mo, press association. So what do you think of the rise in drill music with knife crime? Uh, <laughs> I just want to watch Black Panther. I don't know what's going on, man. But... <laughs> A lot of that, those things, uh, is like I try to share that with my, my friends uh, and my family a little bit as well, these cool experiences. Um, but really, not, like, no one ever changed and stuff. You know, sometimes some friends will be like, hey, bruv, uh, it's my auntie's birthday year. I beg you give a little shout out online and that. So, you know, those things are cool and stuff. But then, you know, there's one auntie that turns into someone's cousin to someone's friend that they worked with once at one job. And then before you know, you're like, yeah, no, I'm not doing no more birthday shout outs and stuff. Um, but I think, I think you just have to be transparent with your friends. Do you know what I mean? A lot of my friends, um, I'd often tell them, you know, I'd feel a lot of anxiety when I was around a lot of people and people got phones out and stuff. So my friends would get it. You know, I'd be like, hey, you lot, let's move over here because I feel a bit anxious in it. Um, so luckily enough, my friends would get that and stuff. I've been with some friends and this is when everything first started kicking off and I went to um, Lovebox Festival and I was walking to towards uh, Victoria Park and, you know, was one guy, hey, fucking hell, Mo, get again. Love your stuff, man. <laughs> then this girl walks past, oh, my day's your Mo, can I get a picture? And there must have been about eight people just phones in my face, can I get a picture, da 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 da, da. And the friends I was with that day, they just left. They just walked off. Like, so you, you it's not that I, I didn't break them as friends, but you start to know who, like, your friends that will start to look out for you for in those situations. So I think no one's really changed in that sense. 
But I guess it's like, it's the company you keep. Do you know what I mean? You know, there's some people that start to, I wouldn't say there's friends, but they start to like hang around a little bit more. People you know, essentially. Do you know what I mean? Um, and it goes from like, oh, bruv, can I get a ticket to the show? Yeah, sure, man. Not a problem, man. Then it goes from, yeah, big man, can I get six tickets for me and my boys? And I'm like, hold on a sec, bruv. Me and you ain't really boys like that for me to be <laughs> giving you these tickets. So you start to see, if, if you're wise and you've got good people, you start to see those people straight away. And then you kind of like, it's not that you don't talk to them, but you just distance yourself. And then they get the, the message when they try to message you on WhatsApp and you just air it. So, <laughs> but you got you to have a good game of like, hey, big man, I messaged you on WhatsApp. You didn't get it. Nah, I'm mad, bro. I didn't get that still. You, you got to be good at that still. Let's <laughs> Hi, I'm Esther. Hello. Hi. Nice to meet Esther. I just wanted to ask, like, what your dream is for the future? Do you want to have, like, your own sitcom? Do you want to do movies? Mm. Like, what's your dream? I guess for me, the dream at the moment is, like, I think for a lot of those things, like sitcoms and films, like, it will all come at the right time. Um, I think for me at the moment, it's just, like, my dream is just, like, sustaining it, but also being, like, like a powerhouse within comedy, essentially. So on the levels of like, you know, McIntyre and, you know, these are comics, you just say the name. I'd even say Michael and everyone knows, oh yeah, I know you're talking about Michael McIntyre. So already, like, you say these names and people know who you are and like, it's not like who you are, but just a powerhouse within like British comedy. Like that is the ultimate dream is to, you know, if I'm going to have a career, you want to be up there amongst like the best. Do you know what I mean? Not to say I'm the best that ever done it, but just like, in the same conversation a little bit, you know. Um, so yeah, that's most probably like the ultimate dream, but obviously as well, just sustaining it. So it's a long, it's a long game, you know, so it's not something I'm gonna like rush at essentially, but definitely. And I think what one thing, I think one thing that you do well with sustaining it is you can announce a world tour and then you can go next two days after Cavani's in, in my, on my phone. And I'm like, Robert, this guy, in my, not in my mind, but in my thoughts, you're like, I'll be thinking, that's done. We've, we've done all that skip stuff. Mm. I'm on world tour things now. Yeah. But I think you still sticking to those elements is, is helping you sustain it. Doing the groundwork down here yeah, is enabling you to do the groundwork. Do you know what it is? It's like, now with the internet, people are closer to people than they've ever been, essentially. So it, a lot of those sketches and skits is what got me there, essentially. That's how I gained my audience. Yeah. And I genuinely like making these little sketches and ideas and stuff. Just um, just to see like how far my creativity can go sometimes of just trying some stuff out. And plus I know like when I meet people in the street and they're like, hey bruv, that sketch you got with the Cavani and the mum shoots bruv, do you know how much I was laughing? Like that's, that. For, so already I'm like, oh sick man, like glad you like it, innit? The moment people start telling me, no nah, big man, the videos are dead now. Then I'll feel like I'll stop doing it in it. But until then, people will like it and stuff, and people have like their own like favorite characters and stuff. So that's most well, that's that's why I keep doing it. And I just like doing it. It's a bit of fun. Do you know what I mean? I never look at it as like, yeah, this one's gonna go viral in it. It's just like, nah, if people like it, they'll watch it. If they don't, that's all right, man. You know what I mean? I'm on Netflix, not bothered. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any more questions? Yes. Um, hi, my, my name's Lumina. Nice to meet you. How are you doing? Um, you all right? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? 
Very well, thank you. When, you. when you're young, you have an idea of where you want to be in five or ten years' time. Is where you are now where you envision yourself to be? And if you weren't doing comedy, what would you be doing and why? Um, where I envisioned myself a good couple of years ago, um, I don't think I would have... Not, not to be in a position I'm in now. I never... Like, I always wanted to be in this position, but I never knew it would all come at the same time. So... I, no, I don't think I ever had that vision. I always, I'm a big person. I like to imagine a lot of stuff. Um, I manifest a lot of stuff as well. So I'm always like, you know, daydreaming essentially. Um, so yeah, but there was always a part of me to say like, rah, boom, like this comedy thing's gonna go well for me if I keep keep at it and just, you know, I always, always felt that essentially. And I think that's just something in yourself where you just, everyone like, you just, whatever you do, you always know that you're good at it. That's why you keep doing it. Whether you're, you know, you could be an ice skater, you know. When you're doing it and you're like, right, I'm good at this, you, that's all you need, in it, to keep you going. So for me, it's like comedy, I was like, this is what I'm good at. So I'm going to keep going at it. So I always thought if I keep going and I'm good at it, then it will get people's attention and you might get a fan base. I never knew it would happen through... Instagram, for example, because I used to be like, I ain't doing no Instagram videos. That's long. And then it happened through just me messing around. And then, and then I started to gain an audience. I was like, all oh, right, people like this weird shit I do, yeah? All right, cool. Let's let's do another one. Let's try other ideas. And that's how the, how I gained the audience. Um, but did you say where would I see myself in five, time, five years' time? Is that the last bit of the question? Oh, okay. So, yeah, if I wasn't doing comedy now... It's a tough one, man, because essentially I was I was working in retail, so I'd most probably still be in retail somehow. I'll be a manager, yeah. Close enough. <laughs> Sorry, unfortunately we can't do returns. Uh, <laughs> would you like a gift receipt? <laughs> so um, maybe in retail. Um, I've always had a creative part of myself. Um, I'd always want to say music, but... I was never doing music for me to say that, essentially. You know, I, I like music so much, but it's not like in my spare time I make music, even though I do silly songs about vegan girls and stuff like that. One sec, I'm getting a little bit of cramp, sorry. Um, you know what my fear is, yeah? My fear is getting cramp, like, unexpectedly. Listen, once I feel that little bubble in there, I'm like, big man, because I can't be talking like, in fact, <laughs> So I had to stretch my leg. <laughs> but you know the clock how I was trying to do it coolly. I was like, so what's your next question? Um. <laughs> and then the bubble came. I was like, so I'm getting cramped, guys. So <laughs> um, I guess, I don't know, maybe in sports. I guess uh, maybe working with kids in some capacity, like youth work. Um, I, always like, I always get along well with young people and stuff. Maybe like youth work, um, possibly football coaching, somewhere around that kind of, kind of, kind of job space. Yeah. Head back. <laughs> Hi, um, my name's Chelsea. I just want to say firstly, thank you to the sit down because I wasn't quick enough to get a ticket, but the sit down team managed to pull strings together and get me here. So I just big ups, big ups. Beep, 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 beep. I've got a question for my. Um, I just want to know, do you feel like you have to be filtered with your comedy because of how social media reacts to um, different things that you've got to say? And also, do you feel like you have to have a political standpoint because you're a black person that's come up from a bit of a struggle? Do you feel like you need to talk out about it and are you scared to? 
No, definitely not scared to. I think I choose ways to talk about it. So when you know when I do TV interviews and they say, you know, how do you feel like having a show? That's like my opportunity to now talk about how I feel like as a black guy having a show and saying we need more of this stuff. Um, so that's how, like, especially having those platforms of like, you know, going on Jonathan Ross show, for example, and speaking, saying, yeah, boom, you know, it needs more representation, but there should be more black people on TV. You know, that's making sure I use the platform properly rather than let me put up a tweet and then it gets a couple of retweets and then you, you watch, I don't know, some meme or whatever, you know what I mean? So it's making sure when I do get those platforms and opportunities, I use a way to speak out, I guess, uh, politically. Weirdly enough for me, I guess with my kind of comedy style, it doesn't really come of a place of, um, you know, my, my goal is always to make everyone laugh, essentially. That's always what I want to do. So I don't ever feel a need to then be provocative for no reason. So, for example, I wouldn't start making, even like even some of the videos I do when I'm, you know, taking the piss out of what girls do and stuff, I make sure that I portray girls in a funny way that you lot can laugh at it rather than making you look away be like hold on girls don't do that we're not like that i want you to watch and be like oh my days that's quite funny that's quite true i never knew i'd done that um and it's it's the same with guys you know when i do like the roadman video you know yeah he's a bit out you know but he's not he's not stupid he knows how to pronounce words do you know what i mean he's just outspoken it's like big man it's called calamara i don't care in it like <laughs> That's him, innit? But I know guys who are proper road guys, innit? So I want them to watch the video and be like, no, big man, that was funny still, because man's done that sometimes still, innit? <laughs> like, so I don't really write a lot of my comedy from a provocative place or to trigger people. I try and write it as something you can sit back and say, oh, yeah, that was kind of funny, or I relate to that. Or, you know, my, my skill in comedy is mainly my observations. Um, so, yeah, if I started doing, like, political stuff... You know, I reckon people be like, yo, big man, what's this mad political jokes you're doing, bruv? This is, <laughs> this is mad, cuz. This is not funny. <laughs> <laughs> so I try to home in on my skills of what I'm good at. But definitely, like, when it comes to, like, speaking about, you know, my community and, you know, supporting, you know, I support a lot of different charities. But I kind of, uh, you know... I do it a lot quietly, essentially. You know, I don't feel like I need to let, hey, guys, man gave a homeless man 10 pounds. Look at me filming it. Hey, get that. Hey, record that. That's just not how I, how I would operate, essentially. So, you know, it's working. And it's also working with a lot of these charities. You know, we've done a, a few comedy shows where we supported people like Bricks and Soup Kitchen and Shelter and stuff. But I guess, like, that's something we kind of do quietly, but we work with them, not just to say, ah, oh, boom, they have a hundred pounds. I done my bit for the community. It's just like, yeah, how can we, how can we work with you? How can we do things that it's a long term project and not like a short term? So like the ACLT, that was a, a good charity we worked with. Um, they had like a fundraiser, so you know, worked with them kind of uh, those one of those charities. Um, but it's just making sure you do it for the long run and not the short run, but also help out things in the community. So whether that's you know, I go to a lot of prisons and speak to a lot of prisoners and stuff. Um, but I don't feel like that's something I need to put on my social media. Do you know what I mean? I don't feel like, a, hey, you man, man went Brixton Police Prison. Like, it's just, I, I do it purely in my own time. It's not for PR or nothing like that or whether it's going into schools and talking to young people. There's a lot of things I do within my own time, but not doing it for PR. I do it through the goodness of, of my heart, essentially. So... Yeah, but um, it's definitely, you know, when you get this platform, you do have to, you know, look at how you use it and stuff. So, you know, you, some people use it in a way that they use that. 
you know, sad that people use it at PR, but you have to look at how you are portrayed a little bit as well. So you're always looking at what you're saying and how you're saying it. And, you know, we live in this age now where, you know, with Twitter, sometimes I go on there and I'm like, Robert, this is mad, bruv. What You know, sometimes what people talk about, but that's just, that's just not me, essentially. Do you know what I mean? I'm not trying to piss anyone off, essentially. But if I do, then... But hey, sorry, innit? Like. <laughs> <laughs> Just two more questions. Hello. Hello. You can see me. Hi. Um, my name is Jacqueline. Um, just a quick question. I want to find out how do you goal set? So a lot of the things that you've achieved recently, were they things that you'd like plan for the year? Or is it a situation where when you reach something, you're like, okay, do you know what opportunity can I take? And you just go for it? Or are you someone who kind of plans ahead? Um, and everything that you've done now, is it things you've always like ticked off your list? or how does Yeah, it there's a lot of stuff that we, when I say we, because it's, it's me and my managers, we, we kind of sit down. It's not just like a manager. It's like, all right, well, you're going to that then. And I'm like, I don't, I don't want to do that. There's, you know, we always have conversations about this stuff. Um, so there is a lot of stuff I try to write down as goals. You know, I'm always big in things like manifesting stuff. You know, I believe in the law of attraction massively that's uh something that's i guess helped me a little bit um so i'm very big in the law of attraction so i do write down goals things i want to happen things i want to achieve i guess when it comes to things like tv and entertainment and stuff so with a tv show that i got offered the show almost two years ago now um and that was just a long waiting process and you know, back and forth, working with different production companies. But I knew it was happening as well. Same with, like, things like the Netflix. It was, like, a long conversation and, you know, back and forth, a lot of things changing and stuff. So definitely, like, it's always good. To, like, for me, it's just good to write goals. Whether they'll all come at the right point, I don't know. But I never write them as, like, we've got to do this, we've got to do that, we've got to do this. Some things happen because they're at the right time. Other things are like, you know what, maybe in the next couple of years we might focus on that um and plus i guess for me it's just like i like to be someone who when I, i'm creating stuff tv shows and stuff you, we want to home in on that one project and make the best of that project and put all the resources and time into that rather than just having six seven things going on and they're all going all over the place so yeah but yeah that's what i do i, I, do, I do set goals if yeah that's me answering yes yes <laughs> all right we've got one more question mo you're gonna have to pick it because whatever he uh, oh, oh, okay, the person who's got the mic. Okay, go uh, for it. So. <laughs> Hi, Mo. Hello. I'm Toomey. Nice I to meet you, I think it's Jimmy. great that you're here, because I'm literally laughing all the time at your videos. Oh, thank you very much, Mo. all the rest. So yeah. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. Uh, oh, yeah, thank you to sit down as well. So my question is, we're talking about, like, platform and, like, goal setting. So when it's all said and done, like, what would you want your legacy to be and what ultimately drives you to keep on going? Yeah, do you know what? Someone asked me this question on Monday when we had the work in progress because you do a small Q&A after the work in progress and someone asked me what was my legacy and I had never thought of that before. Um, but definitely for me, it's just like, I, I really want to be someone that feels, feels like I, I inspire my community to go out and just do it, essentially. You know, I've been doing stand-up for a long time. There's people in this room that have seen me from when I was first starting to where I am now. But definitely like... Someone, in terms of a legacy, someone was just, you know, you can look back and be like, Rob, boy, he just went and done it. Like, you know, he grafted away, he put in the, you know, they always say you've got to put in your 10,000 hours. 
but just didn't give up, essentially. Um, I think that's kind of what I want my, my legacy to be, really. I'm, I, I wouldn't really want to sit here and be like, oh, that's the guy who got the first black guy to get a TV show and a Netflix. Like, those things are good, but that's like for the historians a little bit. Do you know what I mean? And recently, when, when my Netflix went out, I was so excited when it went out. I said, boom, we got Netflix out. And then in the next tweet, I said, right, I'm like the first like, black British guy to get a Netflix. Listen, the way people said, no, actually, this person is the And in that moment, I could have been, it could have been so easy for me to then defend this cause and this title. But I'm like, do you know what? There'll be a, a historian in a couple of years time who will put what in what order in it. Right now, I just want to enjoy the moment and not de deflect from it. Do you know what I mean? Um, but now people are DMing me like, yo, big man, I just want to say, I've seen this tweet and I don't think you was the first because originally, I was like, all right, cool, bruv. You, you, you won, innit? Like, you're, you're the best. <laughs> but I think as a legacy at the moment, it's just, I, I just look to try and inspire, like, especially like the young generation and stuff. You think of things like, you know, knife crime and stuff like that and just how people, you know, like recently I was on Instagram and how people, you know, like I went on my explore page and just see nothing but fast cars, nice clothes and watches. And if you're young now, you know, you can just see these things and be like, that's what I need. I need a Roly, I need a, a, a Range Rover and drip. That's, that's what I need in it. And I like to be the person to tell young people, like, hey, man, you know, you don't, you don't, you don't need that, you know. Like that, I've I've been the person to thought to, to think. Ah, oh, this is what I need. You get it, and then you're like, this isn't it. It just feels a little happy void for like five minutes, and then you need the next thing. Do you know what I mean? You need I need a holiday to Dubai. Most that went there, I'm going there. <laughs> so, I like to just try and tell people that it, there's much more better things in life that are gonna make you a lot happier. So for me, it's just like trying to tell people just to like keep going, don't give up, but as a legacy as a whole, in terms of what I'm doing at the moment, of just someone that just like from, you know, especially from our community as well, do you know what I mean? Like from the black community just went and just, just done it. He put his hours in and just just followed his dream essentially. You know what I mean? I, I, I yeah, I still think, I think about that uh, question a lot though, you know, I was thinking about it the other day still. I was in the bath, I was like, legacy, what the fuck? Oh, this is mad. <laughs> I don't want no legacy just yet, bro. I'm not old, but yeah, I, I do think of that that a lot actually. Um, <laughs> yeah, ladies and gentlemen, please can we make some noise for Mr. Mo? Oh. <laughs> Guys, one, two. Thank you so much for coming to the sit down. Um, this is the last one for 2019, and. We've had some amazing guests through the year, but having Mo to finish Can you not just give Icy a round of applause? He's very good, you know. Oh, you're very good, man. Nah, man. Nah, bro, you're, you're very good, bro. The, the way you're just talking and that, like, he's like, but can I just ask, I wanted to delve in a little deeper of just how you came up with the jokes. I was like, I don't know how I wrote that joke, boy. <laughs> oh, gosh. You know, when I'm down, I'll just go on his page and I'll just, favorite, favorite, favorite. Um, so, you know what, one thing that really marks this time that you spoke about, actually, that is, um, that this is your time. And um, from the sit down to, to you, we've got some gifts, and they, but they mean something. So one of the oh, things shit. that we want to give you is something to mark this time. Like, this mm. is your time, this is your moment. We want you to just absorb it, enjoy it. Don't forget that you're 
how far you've come mm. as you're going. Like you can be quite fast paced, but this is your time and this is your moment. And everything that you've spoken about that you want to do from the sit down from us here as guests, we really want to see you just go for it and that legacy Thank comes you, to reality. Man. So we've got um, one of my friends, he has a watch company. Um, it's called Vite, Vite London. Um, oh, I've seen those watches. So can I ask oh, William Adwasi? Can I make some noise for William Adwasi? Oh, well gone, man. We've got a watch to mark this oh, time man. for you. Well gone, brother. What are you saying, man? You all right, bro? How's it going, man? Nice to meet you, bro. Nice to meet you. Come on the stage, bro. <laughs> Come on the stage, bro. Hello. Um, so yeah, so yeah, as I see rightly said, I'm the founder of a watch brand called Vite London. Um, Vite is Latin for life, so our whole mantra is to be the fashion brand changing lives. So with each watch we sell, we help support a child for education across sub-Saharan Africa. Um, and this is an exclusive watch, which is not online anywhere else, just for you, just to say. Oh, Rob, thanks thank for you, being man. an inspiration, um, and thanks for all you're doing, man. Oh, cheers. Thank you so much, bro. Wicked, man. Thank you, bro. Means a lot, man. Thank you so much, bro. Means a lot, man. And big up, Ashley. Because I see you had like a Kickstarter, didn't you, right? Yeah. I think I see, yeah, yes, yes, yes. I click, I checked that out still. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, real talk. I was like, I was like, how much does he need? Oh, no, uh, it's like 75 bags. I was like, oh. <laughs> 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 but yeah, no, nah, thank you so much, bruv. Thank you, man. We also want to give you uh, a gift. Um, right, this is like my birthday, boy. <laughs> Bear gifts, boy. You said that one of the things that you love to have on tour is like a fresh socks and fresh tea. Oh, shit. So this is for the Same. world tour. <laughs> <laughs> right, these are some mad football gifts, you know. We've got some sheer butter. This is a company called Shimmer Okay. Rose. So as you're sitting in the bath, after you come out of the bath, have a little bit of thing there, and then just a little message. Ah, uh, oh, thank you so much, yeah. man. Bro. Ah, oh, thank you so much, bro. Wow. Um, big up to Polly. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Polly's most manager. Big ups. Thank you for the opportunity, seriously. Can I give a shout out? Who liked their water? Was their water quite? Can of water. Recycling. Can you remember? I can't. Annie sent me bare facts about this group. All I'm going to say is go onto the website, go and check them out. They're doing amazing things for recycling. Can I just say before, before we leave, yeah? yeah um, like, sometimes it's like, when, especially like starting doing comedy, you, you feel like, like when, you, when you're doing it, you're going through the motions and stuff. You, when people are laughing, you're like, are oh, they laughing? But are they like, are they with me? Does that make sense? So to come to something like this is very like, it's different from just doing stand-up because for me, I can do stand-up and you go out there, you tell your jokes, you go home and then that's it basically. But with things like this, I think they're like, they're, they're very important. And I like to, I like to share my story, my struggles, my, my highs and my lows, but it is very important, man. You know, for you guys come in and stuff like that, whether you some, took some stuff away or just going to future shows like, you know, I think especially with the black community, we always say like, oh, do you know what? It would be good to have something like this. I don't want to just go out raving and da 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 But it, that is down to like you people in the room to like spread the word and tell your friends and we can have more things like this, more discussions, talk about like mental health and talk about 
you know, dopamines. You know what I mean? When did you hear that in any other black show, bruv? <laughs> you know what I mean? Not to say this is a black show, but, you know, I think it's very important to have, like, these discussions in it. And they're very healthy for me. And that's why, I, you know, when you, you messaged me and I, I said, yeah, I'll do that show straight away. There was no, like, I didn't have to think about it and stuff. And just like your team, you got all these people, like, helping out and how good they are and stuff. Like, we need more stuff like this. And it's, but it's down to you people to, to support it. And, you know, even if you support it or it inspires you to do your own shows or different discussions, like, because it, it won't, it can't start on Twitter, innit? Like, it can't just be like, yeah, man seen a thread about da 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 da. It has to be like with real people, real conversations. So, you putting on something like this is like very important for so many reasons. Do you know what I mean? So, you know, like, it's amazing what you do and it's amazing that you people have come, but, Honestly, like, please, like, keep supporting this stuff, yeah? Because this is what we need, in it? Where we're not just, you know, like, you know, I read the newspapers and it's like, oh, this, that, and it. And so I'm like, no, nah, that's not what it is, isn't it? And it's about having shows like this where, you know, we can talk about these discussions, we can celebrate each other, but also we can come and take something away. And I think that's what's the most important thing is getting something but taking it away <clears throat> and just telling other people. That's really, really important. So yeah, thank you and everyone that's come ha out here to just support this, man. It, it means a lot to me, properly. Like, so thank you. Thank you very much, bro. <laughs> 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 <laughs>